It's almost here. Two evenly matched teams are prepared to go at it at Tiger Stadium. Ole Miss, number seven in the country against LSU. LSU is a two-point favorite currently. It's on CBS at 2.30. It's the game of the week. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I am beyond fired up. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Ole Miss, a two-point underdog in Tiger Stadium. What are some things to watch for in this game that you need to be paying attention to if you want to know if the game is going well or poorly? We'll give you a couple of those things real quick. But before we get started, I do want to tell you, today's episode is brought to you by SweatBlock. If you or somebody you love or is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try SweatBlock. Save 20% with promo code Locked On at sweatblock.com. It's also available at Amazon. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications and participate in the conversation by upvoting or commenting on the video down below. Thank you very much for that. And... As this game gets closer, I get more and more excited. It, maybe it's just my personality. Maybe it's the way I take college football, but I am unbelievably excited about this game. If you look back historically, LSU has been the nemesis of Ole Miss when they have been an elite team. And yes, having number seven beside your name makes you an elite team. Whether you are or not, that number means something. And that is the number that is going to get people up to play you. So, when I call Ole Miss an elite team, that's what I'm talking about. We're going to go down there with a seven beside her name. Perhaps our saving grace in this game will be the fact that LSU is favorite, that Ole Miss is getting a lack of respect that is not really becoming of their number seven ranking. You see people all the time just that their take is, oh, yeah, they don't deserve to be there. Ole Miss is not a top ten team. Yada, yada, yada. Why not? Why are they not? Well, they haven't played anybody. Well, neither has Georgia. Neither has anybody else, really. But there is a narrative that has to be um, said, and that was Ole Miss was a 6-6 team. We all saw the predictions. Well, this game is the game to where you can start to answer these questions. This is a big, big game. And one of the things that you need to be watching for is how well Zach Evans and Quinchon Judkins are performing early in the game. How well is the stuff that LSU is doing to try and stop them? Are they still moving ahead? Are they still getting five, six yards of carry? If they're on pace for a huge game, if that happens, um, LSU might not really be in it. Their best hope is a shootout of some kind because if they are running, Ole Miss is running the ball on them, this is going to open everything else. Now, I talked to you yesterday about how the Vanderbilt game and the big passing performance was partly responsible for opening up the 448 yards rushing against Auburn. And that's absolutely true. So LSU is at least going to have to think about what it looks like in the background. They do not want receivers running by them. They know that that is a threat. That is going to prevent them 
from coming up to the line of scrimmage because the safeties might be at 13 yards, and the less that Ole Miss is able to pass the ball, it might be at 12 and then 11, then at 10. And all of a sudden, that box becomes very compressed and hard to run against. So throwing the ball will be important. So that's why I say the performance of Zach Evans and Quinchon Judkins with LSU determined to take away the running game or at least slow it down. How much are they able to run the football? I mean, that is the question. How will they be used in the passing game? We saw them last week against Auburn being used in the passing game, both of which caught a touchdown. Um, basically, Quinchon Judkins on a little flare pattern. They ran a, I'm just going to say a trick play, even though it was a fake quarterback power. It was the equivalent of a play-action pass to where linebackers didn't get depth. Um, cornerbacks had their eye on the backfield. Zach Evans had a walk, walk-in touchdown. So it, it is a big situation for Ole Miss and how they do with those two players. Because honestly, if we're let's just be real. Those are the best two players on offense. Judkins and Evans, without a doubt. So it makes sense that the offense would be built around what they do well, both of which catches the ball well out of the backfield, both of which runs the ball very well. I think they're okay in pass pro. Ole Miss has only given up three sacks through seven games this year. So we'll see exactly what happens. And one thing that I look for is 20 personnel. At some point, it's going to happen where Judkins and Evans is on the field at the same time. Now, partially, the reason they haven't done that yet is because um, Ulysses Bentley has an injured, I think, wrist or hand or somewhere around there, and he struggles a little bit in pass pro. He can do all of his running back stuff, apparently, but he struggles a little bit in pass pro. So until he gets a little bit more healthy and they get a little bit more comfortable, they're probably not going to run 20 personnel. But I think at some point, Ole Miss has to do it because it's going to stress these linebackers so much, especially if you send them in different directions, it's going to open up a ton offensively. So look for 20 personnel either against LSU or further along in the season. It's going to happen. Zach Evans and Quinchon Judkins are the best two offensive players on our football team. Them being on the field at the same time almost seems like a foregone conclusion at this point. But they're going to be huge. They're going to be really important in this game because LSU is going to sell out to slow them down. They don't want to happen what happened against Auburn. They don't want that to happen because if that happens, it's over. The, the, it's ball game, you know, crank up the bus. Because if Ole Miss runs for 448 yards against anybody, it's over. Like I said, ball game. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Against Vanderbilt, that opened up so many things. And part of my keys yesterday was what LSU does to try and stop Evans and Judkins, slow them down, then it becomes Jackson Dart as the key in the pass game because they're scared to death of people getting behind them. LSU does not have a secondary that they have had in recent years. There's not a Patrick Peterson or Derek Stingley roaming back there. Two of their cornerbacks were at Arkansas, or two of their defensive backs were at Arkansas last year. So, you will see an LSU defense that can be opportunistic, 
They did a good job stopping Mississippi State in the second half, so they're obviously talented. They don't have Mason Brooks, um, but on the defensive line, they're going to be decent. So you need to take advantage of what they have. Harold Perkins is a freshman. LSU fans are raving about this kid. But as a freshman, with as much movement and eye candy and everything that Lane Kiffin gives, a true freshman can be got. So you'll see what happens. You might This might be the game that you see Zach Evans on a Texas route or you know, their major use in the passing game. I do expect 20 personnel at some point, but like I said, it could come out against LSU, but it could come out when Bentley gets a little bit healthier no later than Alabama. That is my opinion there. Should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot of fun. Anyway, my cousin Chris suffered from excessive underarm sweat for like 10 years. He was so worried about sweating through his dress shirts that he started tucking maxi pads in his shirt to soak up the sweats until he sweat found sweat block. Sweat block changed the game for him. Chris was able to fix his problem with sweat block. Sweat block was created by a doctor to help with his own excessive sweating. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. If you or somebody you love are experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block. Save 20% with promo code Locked On. That's two words, Locked On. At sweatblock.com, it's also available at Amazon. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes and Spotify. So if you don't mind, leave a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. You don't have to um, say anything in particular. Just make sure it's a five-star review of that you're up to your own devices on the review. But the reason we do this is the more reviews we get in there, it's going to help our podcast go front and center when people search Ole Miss Podcast. And that is what we want. And that is what we're trying to get to. So do that for us. Be really great. Anyway, so the first segment we talked about Zach Evans and Quinchon Judkins and how you can watch those guys and determine exactly how the game is going. The second one, is the defense in the run game. And you're like, hey, Steve, you are a proponent of this defense. And I am. I absolutely am. I think there's two, maybe three teams on our schedule that can make people Ole Miss hurt playing this defense. And Ole Miss has gotten through two of them with a win. So it's basically just Arkansas. They can pull that game off. All of a sudden, it's it's all roses. Because Alabama's good enough to play Ole Miss straight up. They're not going to do anything special. But Arkansas is going to play a little bit of murder ball. Auburn played a little bit of murder ball. Kentucky played again a little bit of murder ball. And we were able to survive that because they weren't able to score enough to keep up with our offense. Honestly. So, we'll see how this LSU game goes. LSU is not necessarily a murder ball type thing. I think they threw for 350 against Florida over the weekend. Josh Williams got 100 yards down there. Um, John Emery had some nice runs as well, but they're not really built to do that. I think they have two freshman tackles. Um, I think Ole Miss has two freshman tackles as well, um, that which will be an interesting thing in Tiger Stadium, by the way, now that I think of it, with all that noise and everything going on. Thank goodness we have sunshine, because if this game was being played at night, it would be problematic for so many reasons. We talked yesterday about keeping – you're um, cool in that environment, in that atmosphere, because it will be on there. If you're not careful, it can get away from you. Look what happened to Bo Wallace 
um, in 2014. It can happen. Bo was a great quarterback. He's probably the most important recruit that Ole Miss has had in the last 10 years. But even then, as a senior, with just a few games left, he just lost himself for a second. I mean, it is what it is. Anyway, so LSU, I think, is going to try and fix Simile a little bit of murder ball. The stuff that worked, if they saw some zone stuff, they, they're going to run the ball a little bit. But I don't think LSU is going to deviate from their normal offense. That's the difference. When everybody says, well, LSU can just line up in two tight ends and um, get in the I formation and run the ball down our throat, that's not what they do. If you shrink your playbook down to four plays, even if Ole Miss is running a 3-2-6, you can stop it. You have to run your offense with the full complement of plays and plays off of it that is designed in the system. So I do think LSU is going to try and run the ball, but it'll look different. It'll be a different personnel grouping. You won't see any two tight ends necessarily on the field. They might put a second tight end on the field because they have two good ones, but one of them is a true freshman. So you kind of deal with doing something a little bit different and stunting all the growth that you had in, the, in during the season. Because the way football coaches see it, well, most of them anyway, is about trying to get really good at doing what you're doing, not doing whatever it takes to win. Fans think of it as doing whatever it takes to win. And some coaches are like that. Lane Kiffin's like that. He will do whatever is necessary to win the football game. Brian Kelly, I think, wants to instill a drive and a package and everything you do offensively, he wants it to look a certain way. He wants them to play a certain way. He wants them to be process-driven, similarly to Nick Saban down the road. So while I think LSU is going to try and run the ball, and John Emery and Josh Williams will be in a position to do that, I think it will look a little bit differently than it has. That's my point. It's, it, it's not going to look like it did against Auburn. They're not going to line up on two tight ends and just try and mash you. If they try to do that, I guarantee you Ole Miss is self-scouted to the point where if they're doing that, there is a um, fix to that already. I, I, I would not be surprised if Ole Miss does some four-down stuff if all of a sudden LSU comes out in a package to where they put a couple of tight ends on the field. Remember, this defense and every defense is designed to stop whatever's going on. When you have a week to prepare, Ole Miss is self-scouting just like everybody else. Remember, against Arkansas, it looked absolutely terrible. By the end of the year, nobody was scoring 21 points on Ole Miss's defense. Do not be the person where the last data point just stretches out for infinity. Do not be that guy because every game is a separate thing, a different thing. But early in the game, whenever LSU is running inside zone and doing their base run plays, how is Ole Miss stopping the run? Is Cedric Johnson playing? Is Troy Brown a little bit healthier? Is Kari Coleman a little bit healthier? Is the back end of the defense quicker to get up to the line of scrimmage? That is the question. You need Ladarius Tennyson and Otis Reese to play really good games in this defense at 210 pounds or whatever they are. Because their physicality is important because they can play the role of the outside backers. But remember, in an NFL defense, these outside backers are 250 pounds. These guys are 210. 
So physics can be a little bit of a problem. So you see teams that adjust by attacking those edges from time to time. So we'll see exactly what happens. But like I said, we're self-scouting just like everybody else. It's not something that they're not going to look at and they're not going to be ready for. But I do not think LSU in the run game is going to do anything really differently than they have. Josh Williams and John Emery, decent backs, not Tank's big, Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. You know, it's funny to say that, but Ole Miss isn't going to see necessarily another Tank Bigsby. He's probably the best running back that Ole Miss is going to see this season, and that's including Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is, let's say, an Alvin Kamara-type back. He's not a tackle-to-tackle downhill runner. Rocket Sanders, maybe, but it's more K.J. Jefferson than Rocket Sanders when we play Arkansas. Arkansas is the next team on the schedule that has the ability to line up and play murder ball. And teams that don't, this defense does very well against them, period. They do very well against those guys. And they do normally a pretty decent job in the, in the red zone. But explosive plays against Auburn completely blew that out of the water. I, I explained that as well. So, should be really good. We got Derek Vandegrift coming up in just a second um, to talk about the Ole Miss LSU game. But first, let's hear from Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. If you look down below, you can see that right now LSU is a two-point favorite over number 7 Ole Miss at home. The over-under is set at 66 points, and that line and those lines are courtesy of BetOnline, which all lines on this show are. Now, is this a trap bet? to where they want Ole Miss to completely lay money on that because at this point it's essentially a pick em. If you think Ole Miss is going to win the game, you're going to bet on Ole Miss. If you think LSU is going to win the game, you're going to bet on LSU. Will it move as the week goes on? We will see. And you can check betonline.net for information about that. Anyway, BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, participate in the conversation by upvoting and commenting down below. Anyway, I'm here with Derek Vandy Griff. It's LSU week. It's a special week. How you doing, Derek? Man, man, do, doing pretty good. You know, woke up this morning to 33 to get degree weather here in North Mississippi. That was pretty unfortunate. Uh, but, you know, outside of that, like I said, it's LSU week, so the fire keeps burning. Yeah, seriously. It, it got it got down to like 75 if there's any consolation where I am. Um, so, you know, yeah. it's cold weather. It's almost get your winter gear ready out. Um, the weatherman going crazy yeah. because, yeah. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I walked out. I was missing that 115 heat index there for a minute. You know, I – I'd rather have that than something in the 30s. Yeah, th- that is me too. That's the reason I moved down here. I don't deal with cold weather well at all. I can handle hot weather. I'm from South Mississippi. You know, I, I had 100, right. 100 days I practiced football in all through high school. 
Um, so yeah. I, I can deal with I can deal with this. Anyway, um, I don't know if I've made the announcement, but um, you and Tom Vanderford will be my guest analyst on the postcast. Um, yeah, we kind of did it a little bit differently last weekend, mm-hmm. and it it was fairly well received being interactive like that. Yeah, yeah, well, good. Yeah, I, I look forward to it. You know, uh, luckily it's a two thirty game, so you know maybe. Maybe I'll have at least some of my wits about me. You know, if it was a six o'clock game, then you know I'd, I'd show up and body. Ain't no telling where my mind would be at, though. Yeah, generally on postcasts on night games, I don't have a guest analyst because I'm not going to ask anybody to stay up till ten thirty um, yeah. for me. So it'll just be me for Texas A and M. But luckily, today's yeah. this year has been mostly day games. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I'm kind of excited, like I said, for for the Texas A and M game. Kind of get us a night game. Uh, you know, I actually don't mind the 11 o'clock games, though. You know, we, I can get up, get my stuff done, and sit back, get our game knocked out of the way, and then I can spend the rest of the day stress-free watching football. That's pretty nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, if people can see below, LSU right now at the time of recording this is two-point favorites over number seven Ole Miss. I can't tell if that is disrespect. I can't I, – I don't know what to make of this, but it feels like um, – Ole Miss fans, feels like most people are going to jump on that, right? Uh, yeah, well, they, they certainly better. You know, I, I was kind of expecting the line to be four and a half, five points, something like that. Um, mm. You know, I, I just think we're a lot better team than LSU. I know we're going down playing in Baton Rouge, but kind of like we talked about last week, you know, we get the sunshine in this one. We we don't have to play under the moon in that stadium, and, and that goes a long way when you're playing down there. Uh but, you know, I, I think with our running game, though, you know, if you if you run the ball, if, if we can sure up the tackling, that's what killed us a lot last week. And, uh, you know, if you do that, running and defense certainly travels. It does week in and week out. And, and that's certainly one thing we can do uh, with, with the best of them is run the ball. Yeah, seriously, what storyline Saturday are you paying attention to? What's something interesting that you might think of? Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm real interested in that Alabama and Mississippi State game. You know, I, I saw something earlier to, uh, earlier today that kind of made me chuckle a little bit. You know, but between the Ole Miss winning the national championship in baseball and then us being in the driver's seat in the West halfway through the college football season, you know, we, we've driven Mississippi State fans to actu- actually root for Alabama during an Alabama-Mississippi State game so it doesn't give us another leg up in the West. Uh, so, so that's pretty good there. You know, we're we're really messing with their heads a little bit down there. And I know you don't talk trash, Stephen, but uh, that's why you bring me on from time to time. That way I can do it for you. Uh, but but seriously, a lot of really good games this this coming up weekend across college football, not just the SEC. You know, you look at Clemson and Syracuse there at 11 o'clock. That's, that's a really big game. Uh, kind, kind of see if Syracuse is for real a little bit, you know, kind, kind of like Ole Miss and LSU. You know, there's uh, – UCLA playing at Oregon, that's another game where you see if the Bruins are for real or not. And, you know, these Ole Miss, Syracuse, and uh, UCLA kind of three Cinderella teams, if you want to call it that, this late into the college football season, all have chances to go get three really big road victories to catapult themselves into that playoff talk. Yeah, seriously. And and the Mississippi State thing's just beyond – I saw that post, and it yeah. got pulled out, and it was like – what you always yeah. root for your team that's what it should be about and yeah yeah i mean we, they that's, they are that's down bizarre. bad to start man bad yeah. down bad yeah 
Well, anyway, in the Ole Miss LSU game, what are you going to be watching for um, in the game? Uh, you know, we, we always talk about us running the ball and stuff like that. You know, it, it, this could be a situation where Jackson's dart steps up and has another game kind of like he did against Vanderbilt if they really key in on it. Uh, you know, Watkins has been playing really well for us there at receiver, and you know what Jonathan Mingo can do, and you saw what Dayton Wade can do for us. You know, he's he's a, just, just another weapon you add to, to this explosive offense. Our offensive line's been playing really, really good. Uh, but for us, obviously, it's the defensive side of the ball. Do we get Cedric Johnson back, you know, uh, get him and Keys and Coleman and all those guys uh, flying around making plays for us a little bit. You know, that's that was kind of the, the name of the defense for us there the first few weeks of the year, and those guys started getting banged up a little bit. And uh, But get them back, tackle, 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 tackle. Quit missing all those dang tackles, you know, and make Jaden Daniels beat you through the air. I don't care what he did last week. I know he threw for 300 and some odd yards against Florida in Gainesville. That still didn't sell me on anything with him, okay, as far as throwing the ball. When you look at teams that have gone into Gainesville and, and played this year, quarterbacks have had some of their best games of the year up and down their schedule. Brady Cook from Missouri threw for 220 yards in Gainesville. That's his second highest output of the year. And uh, Gunnar Talkington from Eastern Washington went down to Gainesville and threw for 250. That's his second highest of the year, and he plays an FCS schedule, right? I mean, I think we need to step back a little bit from LSU putting up 45 in Gainesville and actually look at what that means. You know, Florida's just not that good of a team. And, you know, with uh, Billy Napier down there, I think he'll probably get it turned around sooner rather than later. Uh, but he's he's not quite there yet. So, Jaden Daniels won't have to beat me with his arm instead of his legs this weekend. That's that's kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah, he, he Jaden Daniels is kind of a plus Robbie Ashford um, yes. in, in my mind. And so – you want him to throw the football, but if he runs the ball, he can be dangerous. But you he want can. him to be able to throw the football, lock up Keyshawn Boutte, yeah. um, play some good run defense, and I think you walk out of Baton Rouge with a win. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too. Like, like I said, I mean, that's, it blows my mind when I looked yesterday and saw that we had already moved to an underdog. You know, that's just people buying in to the Death Valley narrative, you know, that you see week in, week out every single year. You know, people talk about how hard it is to go down there and play. And, you know, it is a difficult place to play, but it hasn't been particularly difficult for Ole Miss. Historically, we've played pretty well down there. You know, some some of our best games against LSU have been down there in Baton Rouge. And, you know, as long as we come out with, with the red tops and the powder blue helmet with the number on the side of it, uh, you know, we, we should probably walk out of there with a double-digit victory. Okay, you brought it up, not me. I've tried not to, you know. The powder blue helmets are the numbers I can do. If you're going to wear powder blue helmets, the numbers need to be on the side. I yes. want the Navy helmet with the red jersey. I want yeah, the OGs yeah. out there. I mean, To me, that just looks yeah. like college football. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what you think of when you think of Ole Miss and LSU, you know, the, the red tops with the Navy helmets and then LSU with either all whites or with the whites and yellow pants. You know, that's what you see, uh, you know, ever since I was growing up, that's what you saw every single time we made our trip down there. But I absolutely love those powder blue helmets with the number on the side over those red tops. I think it's probably the best look in all college football. Yeah, the wild card is the real tree helmets and the red jersey. I think that's the yeah. wild card for this weekend. 
And quite frankly, I think that's the better jersey to go with that helmet. Uh, you know, I I liked it when when we wore the powders with it there mm. the first time, but I was just sitting there thinking all the time, like, man, if they put a red jersey with that helmet, that would look so awesome. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where they're going to walk off the bus, they're going to win the uniform competition. It's not even going to be yeah. close, honestly. Yeah. So let's talk about prediction times. What kind, what is your prediction? How is the Ole Miss LSU game going to go? Oh, uh, well, you know, as, as far as Ole Miss goes, it's going to be like every game you've seen us play this year. Uh, you know, I think we talked about it last week that one thing Ole Miss has done a really good job of this year is we haven't really had to sit there and adjust the teams throughout the year. We've we've dictated pace. We've dictated how the game goes. And, uh, you know, we've we've got gotten there and we've uh, imposed our will. We, we've, we're always really physical up front. And that's one thing the offensive line's gotten even better at here the last couple of weeks. You know, they struggled here. Uh, there for for a couple weeks there to begin the season, but but man, they they are playing mean 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 football up there, and they're they're there to just hit you in the mouth and put you in the ground. Uh, Nick Brokers just throwing fools all over the place. I mean, he he's playing really really good football right now. So you'll see you know more of that. I'm sure Lane's going to have some wrinkles in there, uh, but for the most part, I think we're going to see us line up, use Evans and Judkins, and you know try to catch them off guard here and there with the defensive end crashing, get dark to pull it and run the ball, and uh, maybe see him incorporate a few more passes in this week. Uh, but, you know, last week really didn't have to. There was no reason for us to drop back and throw the ball last week as, as good as we were running the ball. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be more of the same for Ole Miss as far as that goes. And uh, I'll go ahead and say Ole Miss wins 38-14, to uh, 14, blowout in Baton Rouge. Okay. All right, before we get out of here, are you a 1997 guy or are you a 2008 guy? Oh, okay. That is a good one. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that 97 one, you know, that, that really takes me back because those were some of the uh, earlier years of me watching Ole Miss football. You know, uh, that, that's when we went down there and Grant Hurd just slanted on the death, wasn't it? Isn't that that yeah. year? Yeah, yeah, it was Stuart Patrick's year. Oh, yeah, over and over and over mm -hmm. again. And, uh, you know, it – Every time you saw us drop back, you just knew you were going to see 88 streaking across the middle about seven yards downfield, and, and Stewart was going to put him, put it on him, you know. Uh, yeah, that, that was a really good one. And then uh, trying to think what year it was, 2000, and it was either 01 or 02, I think, with uh, Doug Ziegler in the back 01. of the end zone. I mm -hmm. went down there. Well, oh, oh, 01? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that, that was one of my favorite Because 99 happened, too. 99 yeah. wasn't on TV. Nobody really saw it, but Ole Miss ran for nearly 400 yards on the Tigers that night. That could be the blueprint for um, Saturday, if we're going to be honest about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that's a good point. Uh, 01 always sticks with me because my dad decided to go down there and leave me at the house. So uh, that was that was a painful, <laughs> painful memory. But at the same time, at least I got to stay up and watch the Rebels win. And, and my man Doug caught the pass. Yeah, I think the schedule changed. And in 01 and 02, both games were in Tiger Stadium. Yeah, 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 you're right, because mm -hmm. that's when they were flipping, so we didn't play LSU, Auburn, and Alabama all on the road uh, on the same year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, or anyway, um, get more of the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen. Everyday host Chris Gordy and his local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. Locked On SEC. Derek, thank you so much, and we will um, see you for the postcast Saturday night, bud. Yeah, man, I'll be here, brother. All right, hotty toddy. Hotty toddy.